On this very special Christmas episode of the Last King podcast, we're going to be talking about a movie near and dear to our hearts, The Grinch. Which one? All of them. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Last King podcast. I am. Hey, what up? One of oh, the grudgy ones, <laughs> eccentric Tom. Rolling over each other's intros as usual. Sorry again, sorry. This is Mr. Stoffy here speaking, my bad. And, uh, is, yeah, I already introduced myself. Oh, then I, I'm the mean one, Shafiq. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, yes, as we're recording this right now, it is exactly Christmas. It's this definitely Christmas. <laughs> yes. This is not a pre-recording. This. this is not something that we did in advance so that we can have an extra long holiday for the end of the year. No, this is us still working on Christmas Day. So you, Last King fans, you should be so lucky to have guys like us who come into the studio on Christmas just to let you know how much we kind of like Grinch movies for some reason. Yeah, because... <laughs> Well, because normally, like last Christmas, we just talked about stuff that we liked in the year. How about the other last Christmas where we gave each other our hearts? And then you break it or take it away. The very next day. No, you yes, gave it away. exactly. Oh, we day. gave it away? Yeah. Right. The very next day. I mean, if you're going to riff on George Michael, do it right, guys. Come on. Well, I just came out of the bathroom. <laughs> How was that for a riff? I really appreciate that joke. You're welcome. Merry Christmas, George Michael. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh god, we're so derailed already, and it's not even a minute. You know what's my favorite George Michael song? What? Don't let your sun go down on me. <laughs> oh man, that's a Christmas song. <laughs> yes, he did with Elton John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no window, window, right? So whatsoever. Speaking of no window, window. <laughs> but it's a fair candle in the wind. Definitely a candle somewhere. <laughs> Maybe right up uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's ass. Yeah, speaking of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's ass. Um, so <laughs> Speaking is. <laughs> speaking as. I want to see where the segue goes. Uh, it's a very bad segue to talk about Christmas movies. Because there was a Christmas movie which came out in November over here. Yeah. Because, sure, why I don't not? know, time is an illusion and a flat circle and that mm. all life is meaningless. Or Christmas is just a false commercial holiday meant to just encourage people and to buy stuff. And the fact that uh, actually a ton of movies are probably kick the Grinch's ass, like Bumblebee, um, Aquaman, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. Yeah. engines could kick the Grinch's ass, that is a sad day. It will be a sad day. I mean, Peter Jackson, or even the guy who directed Christian the film, Rivers. I'm not sure who it is. Yeah. And it's speaking a, of Peter nice. Jackson and speaking of films that got way too much padding... Yeah, we're still talking about the Grinch. <laughs> Yes. So, um, Christmas is not Christmas without Christmas movies. Yes, definitely. At least in this um, modern age. And, you know, we all have the quintessential movies that we think of when we think of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Like, It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone, Die Hard, other Christmas movies. Well, for well, me. Well, there's Gremlins. I actually do enjoy That's yours? That's mine's Gremlins. also. You know, I really enjoy watching Gremlins during. I mean, for me, the trifecta would be. Gremlins, uh, Home Alone, and definitely A Christmas Story. I would actually put Home Alone 2 there. I mean, I know it's an obvious retread of Home Alone 1, but but to its credit... It has a fantastic Trump cameo. That too, but also Tim Curry as well. There's no he such thing as a fantastic Trump cameo. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there's also Tim Curry yes. who yeah, for me, my carried the film Absolute favourite is Muppet Christmas Carol. 
Oh, okay. The yeah. one with yes. uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Does he do the Michael Caine voice? <laughs> of course. He literally cannot do anything else. Bah humbug. Oh well. I mean, especially love it for Ghost to Christmas Present is just this big jolly fat muppet. Brilliant. When you're an English person, you call somebody a big jolly fat muppet. Somehow it sounds derivative for some reason. Yeah. Or derisive. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also derivative. Yes, definitely. You muppet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a derivative movie, but such a wonderful one. Okay, then what about you, uh, Mr. Toffee? What's your top three Christmas movies? Well, I mean, there's Gremlins, uh, Joyous Noel, the one about the... Was it World War One or World War Two? Yeah, World War Two is the one where they cease fire and... That's World War One. Oh, World War One. Sorry, no sorry. There was a ceasefire thing. Yeah, ceasefire. The ceasefire happened in World War One, and there was a little nice movie about soldiers being friends before they have to kill each other the next day. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a touching... It's a real story as well. It is, it is. Yeah, that's why I enjoyed about it. And yeah. the third one, I guess... Die hard. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Alan Rickman, I guess. Yeah. And the Die Hard franchise, too. My, oh, my, yeah. <laughs> and the Die Hard franchise, definitely. Oh, that died a long time ago. It died right after 3. Like 4 onwards, definitely. Yeah, 4 yep. was tolerable. Which is the one where they introduced his son character? That's the fifth uh, one. That was the fifth one. That was With Jai Courtney, one. right? Playing yeah. Young McLean, right? Jai Courtney proving to be just box office cancer from get-go. Jai, Jai Courtney starting his streak of killing off franchises every time he appears in one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thanks, thanks for killing Terminator as well. Oh god, yeah. I blame him for us not having any more Spartacus seasons. Yeah, well he uh, died in the first season, it's not his fault. Somehow it is. No, okay. Damn you, Jai Courtney! <laughs> but yeah, I mean this is all a very long preamble to talk about. Oh, oh, almost forgot, oh, Nightmare Christ. Before Christmas. Are you going to bring that up now? Probably a third or fourth, yeah. <laughs> I do consider that a Christmas movie. I'm one of those people. Why so? Yeah, well, it's a Halloween it's movie. It's... Mm. It is. And also a Christmas movie too, so. I mean, but it's, a, it's a Christmas movie because it was released during Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. But was, you know what we can talk about the Nightmare About Christmas? How very Susian the art style is? Oh, yeah. It is, yes. Yeah, and that is, is. Thank you very much for that segue and setup because we're going to be talking about The Grinch. Now... It's been three of these movies now, and... Officially this year, yeah? Officially. And the thing is, what I like about The Grinch is that it is actually a very sincere Christmas movie because it is, at its core, telling you that Christmas is not about how many gifts you give. It's about, you know, spending time with a family you can't stand for at least once a year. I thought it was just about the birth of Jesus Christ, sir. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, no? Those are the filthy Christians stealing a good pagan festival. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Last King podcast. <laughs> yeah, especially Ex- not Christmas or Sacred Deers. <laughs> Did you know the Christians banned Christmas? <gasps> Why? Because it was too jolly. Like people were having fun <laughs> and getting drunk. It's like no, 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 no. You're not allowed to be happy. Existence is pain. Okay. Why yep. wouldn't Christians want to celebrate the birth of their almighty savior? Why wouldn't you celebrate the birth of your savior? Exactly. Or you'd be like, oh. For fuck's sake, the person who will like, bring me to the afterlife has been born. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, the Grinch yeah. voice. <laughs> We're finally getting there. So, let's first briefly talk about how did we get introduced to the Grinch? Each one of us? Let's start with uh, the eldest as his tradition. Okay. So, Shafiq? I read the book. There when, we go. When I was of probably five or six, I was a huge Seuss fan when I was a little kid and... Um, the Grinch wasn't my favorite book. I'm more of a green eggs and ham kind of guy. I like the more absurdist Seuss stories. Yeah. Whereas The Grinch felt like 
it, it felt like a very typical um, uh, moral story where basically at the end of the day, oh, everybody should be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's in the same line as the Lorax, which is also you yeah. know, a very heavy-handed moral story. I guess so. I mean, like for I mean, I love all Sue's books, and mm. basically, you know, um, it was something that was very uh, unique, especially when you're a little kid and you like basically that's the prime time for your imagination to start acting up, and like reading Sue's books and just seeing his art style. Mm. definitely left an impression on me and I was a huge fan since and I also managed to see the Grinch television special yep. uh, one day randomly on TV here in Singapore yeah, so like I have literally never seen it until I watched it for this show really? yeah how come? yeah well because see here's the thing I was never allowed to watch TV during the day by my parents unless it was around Christmas Oh, speaking of Grinches, yeah, must be that Catholic guilt. <laughs> yeah, only one of my parents is Catholic, so I'm only ha- half filled with guilt and shame. <laughs> Which half? The, the lower half. half. Okay. Yeah. Oh, definitely the lower half. <laughs> shame, shame. So how often do we self-flagellate? Anyway, uh, passing on the conch to Mr. Toffee. Thank you, Shafik. So yeah, the Grinch. Yeah, I actually just saw the cartoons like the 1960s one back in the 80s when TV3 back in Malaysia were showing all these random shows here and there. Yeah, so actually my first exposure to The Grinch and it was very colourful. I mean, after watching that, I ended up reading the 12-page book, everything. It's, I mean, I feel that there was a really good adaptation and everything, like from the colours, the animation. Oh god, yeah. the animation is colourful, even very timeless for its time, oh, you know. for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know exactly. And the music itself, it's really awesome. Like, I didn't. Who knew that it was actually padding? But at the same time, it was good kind yeah, of padding. Yeah, it was. It was the padding <laughs> by a Tony Award-winning composer, no less. And that's the best thing about the animation because it actually adapted the spirit and tone of the book. Like, it was only twelve minutes, so how can I actually flesh it out? Simple by adding in three award-winning songs. Probably one of those award-winning because. The mean one's really cool, very I mean, yeah. catchy. Every good adaptation needs to change some stuff because if you just sketch, you know, word for word from the book onto the film, you're gonna have a terrible film because. I mean, yeah. I, let me also add to that. What made the adaptation for the Grinch so especially special was they asked Dr. Seuss to pad it. He yeah. was the one who came up with all the extra scenes, and uh, especially, like I think the most important addition he made to the original Grinch cartoon that was very different from the book was was the, chase, was the uh, sequence going down the mountain. Well, that because yeah, he needed an action beat. But yeah. I think what was essential was the scene when the kids were opening their presents. Like that was Doctor Seuss's idea because he really wanted to kind of. Um, how you say, really bring to the forefront the joy that the Grinch was missing out on. Yeah. Speaking of joyless, shall we just straight away talk about the Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, movie? so <laughs> we're going to go in reverse chronological... Oh, by the way, I got introduced to uh, the Grinch by the 2000 movie. The Jim Carrey one? Yeah, more about that later. First, we're going to talk about the soulless piece of shit that got released <laughs> last month. Wow, you really got burned, didn't you? Yes, I paid money to go watch this on a Monday morning. I got mm. up early to see this it's worse for me because uh, eccentric tom wanted to do a grinch episode so i had to go and watch the grinch <laughs> it's because when i su- here's the thing when i suffer i want people to suffer along with me you are catholic exactly <laughs> it's like if i'm going to flagellate you're going to be sharing that whip with me can i just hold it for you <laughs> i think it's called the cat of nine tails cat of nine tails sure that's a nautical uh, thing right there Oh, okay. okay. So anyway, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit briefly about the 2018 Benedict Cumberbatch-led Grinch movie, which came out this year. 
made by the guys who gave us uh, basically Illumination Studios, right? Yeah, what? so guys who make, gave us Despicable Me, the Minions movie, and Secret Life of Pets. I have not seen two of those. Secret <laughs> Life of Pets is okay. It's not terrible. The Minions movie is saccharine and inoffensive. The first Despicable Me, I kind of liked. Yeah, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, because it was the right kind of charm, and it was before the minions were fucking everywhere. It's like back when it was still kind of cute. And the Peanuts movie I did wasn't too bad. They did? Yeah, they did. That's right, they remade Peanuts. Yeah, it was apparently pretty good. Which one? Yeah, it kind of the spirit of the what? Peanuts animation what? and everything. Um, although, kind of thinking about it, I think it might be Blue Sky, not Illumination. No, I'm pretty sure it's Illumination. It was in the last two years. I remember seeing adverts for it in Singapore. Yeah, they nailed the red-headed yeah. girl romance with Charlie Brown to its logical Dude, conclusion. They included a sequence with uh, the Red Baron Snoopy. Guys, can, we, can, I, can I have an entire episode where we just talk about the brilliance that is Peanuts and Snoopy, please? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I want. Next Christmas, we'll do the Charlie Brown Christmas special. No, we have to do the Halloween Charlie Brown <laughs> Christmas special with the Great Pumpkin as the running We'll save joke. that for a good episode. For now, we're going to talk about the bad stuff. Yeah, so back to... <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, there is nothing redeemable about the movie that just came out. Well, I mean, if you had to pick one pro, what would it be? Benedict Cumberbatch is a good voice choice. Yeah, he had a lot of practice with smog. Is that how you pronounce it? Smog. 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 <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the longest running debate, I think, on, like, fan uh, forums. Really? They haven't decided on how to pronounce it? Isn't, like, anybody from the JR... Or to, the JR... JR or JR? JR Tolkien. Just like George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Hmm, I'm seeing a pattern here. Mm-hmm. You need but... two hours to be a good fantasy writer, apparently. Yes, or talent. Yeah, <laughs> But I want to say this. Uh, okay, they haven't. Re- nobody from the office has confirmed the pronunciation of Smaug. Well, people haven't listened to Christopher Tolkien in years because he disavowed the first uh, Fellowship of the Ring movie. Okay. Yeah. Wait, the Ralph Bakshi one? No, the good one, released in 2001. Okay. He said he hated it, and so he refused to share the rights anymore. Because he- Tom Bombadil was probably based on him, I guess. <laughs> That's so depressing. <laughs> None of my scenes are in this movie. <laughs> Daddy wrote that character for me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Cumberbatch is a delight regardless of whatever thing he's in. Like yeah. He always he just adds an extra level of class and dignity. Like he's one of those traditional uh, theatre-grown actors that you get from the UK. Okay. Like even like kind of along the lines of Sir Patrick Stewart. Kind of like, they are sometimes in absolute filth, but at least they you get some kind of enjoyment out of their performance. Everything else in that movie, bloody fucking Nora. It was just a waste of time. Like, plot threads are going nowhere, like, decent rhyming slang and... Uh, I think they did away with the rhyming slang at all. Totally right. I mean, only yeah. the narrator would kind of uh, read off from parts of the book, but for most of the characters, especially the... I mean, even the Grinch himself doesn't speak in rhyme. Yeah, and they issue all of that for just modern pop culture references. Mm. Like, there's hip-hop song segments in it. Yeah, I remember that. And there's a whole joke about him going to Who Foods. Oh, that's a Whole Foods joke. Yeah. Because gluten-free. Yeah, I guess gluten-free so. Gluten-free Grinch. <laughs> and here's another thing which is kind of uh, weird. Yeah? The Grinch smiles a lot. True that. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I would definitely complain about this recent the Grinch movie is that it, it totally loses... Um, it has no idea what the Grinch is all about. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, uh, the Grinch is true and true a mean-spirited son of a bitch. He just 
hates things unconditionally and naturally. And then they added all these scenes where he might be a nice guy, especially that scene with the reindeer where he kind of felt sorry mm. that he was like, you know, yeah, like he was coercing this reindeer into pulling his sled, but actually he's taking away from his family. Or even like what I kind of hated was the fact that they, did get, they decided to give him an origin story, which he didn't really need. Making him an orphan, yeah, and I that's mean, why he hates Christmas because everybody celebrated Christmas because they had families except him. I mean, I don't mind origin stories because I liked his origin story in the Jim Carrey one, which again we'll talk about in a bit. I just want to shit on this movie a little bit longer. Go for it. Yeah, uh, they gave him a best friend, kind of, kind of like right? not on the dog, oh, uh, the neighbor, that, the neighbor, yeah, mm. voiced by someone kind of famous who I can't remember the name of right now. <laughs> Which says, oh, you someone, know, really. someone kind of famous best describes that kind of person. <laughs> yeah, but it's just—it's basically they took what would work even today because the Grinch is timeless, and just added all the modern trappings of what makes modern kids animation, for the most part, terrible. Well, I mean, but it's a different audience because I would think kids nowadays are just so ADD. You just need to keep throwing jokes and like set pieces at them. True, but Paddington was not full of loud and noxious characters it was a genuine sweet movie and that made that made so much bank and kids loved it true that yeah this movie sounds just as bad or even worse than the Lorax where also from the same studio too they kind of just broke down the message they lost the plot for mm. the original 30 minute animation for Lorax yeah I mean do you guys I mean I don't know if you know does the Illumination Studios do they hold the license to all the Seuss characters for this time I think this could be a fox thing. What do you think, guys? I wouldn't know. I, I, I mean, I do not know. I'm also wondering why they keep churning these out. Well, because they are devoid of any original thoughts, and so I guess it's... So why don't you just shoot out another Minions movie if you want to make bank? Because I guess the animators uh, were on strike and said, I'm not drawing another fucking yellow pill with legs. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably going to cause another writers. I mean, animate the strike. Yeah, it's like also because apparently it's the head of Illumination who does all the minion voices. Really? Yeah, so it's him screaming to going banana into the mic all the time. So he gets to keep all the money. There's yeah. a conspiracy somewhere there. Absolutely. <laughs> Fine. In general, the animation looks kind of cheap anyway, so. Well, it's... There's definitely some cost CGI is not that cheap if you think about it, but then it's still cheaper than traditional animation methods. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on and on about how terrible this movie is. No, please do. Uh, but I, I mean, what I was that one point in the movie where it filled you with nothing but vile hate and vitriol? Basically, the entire subplot with Cindy Lou. Hmm, okay. Where they turned her family into a single mother. It's like, it starts raising questions which shouldn't be happening in Whoville. Like, why are there divorced mums mm. struggling to make ends meet on a night shift around Christmas? Like, wh why is this in a who in a Dr. Seuss story? I mean, I could tangent off that and say that uh, if you were to look at the traditional Dr. Seuss, I mean, the world he built and all that, right? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the real world. Yeah. Whereas when you look at uh, this variation of Whoville and... I mean, a lot of people will say, no, it's a modern update. You got to make it more relatable to people. But then it's like, by showing them who's having, like, single mother problems and full-time jobs and stuff that... Yeah, this is this is too close to what we are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Isn't Doctor Sue's story supposed to be about you know nothing but vivid imagination and far off worlds and like okay, I guess they're doing this yeah, now. And then they added a whole bunch of annoying ass uh, who kids to be in Cindy Lou's posse, 
and they have like a drive-by posse on their bikes. So obviously they wanted to make a different movie and then just kind of forced it onto the skeleton of the Grinch. Or probably the other way around, I guess. Maybe, but they probably yeah. had an original idea, but some executive was like trying to convince them, like, if we don't slap an IP on this, we're not gonna like greenlight it. So maybe somewhere in the vault, or maybe some random contract that hasn't been like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this hasn't expired yet. Let's try this one. Yeah, you know, we we still kind of own Sue stuff. Let's do mm. the Grinch. So and here it is. So uh, enough of that uh, bullshit. <laughs> Time to talk about something more palatable bullshit: the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch. Which is my introduction to uh, the wonderful green character. And I'll say this right now, I unironically love this movie. You were not raised right. (laughs) I actually don't mind this adaptation. I mean, it actually checked a lot of boxes on the adaptation points list. Adaptation points? What kind of RPG are we playing where we need to get our adaptation (laughs) Adaptation points? Sorry. Ability to appreciate. I mean, what I meant was like, it actually stuck true to the original book in a way as well as the animated film because how on how in god's green earth are you going to adapt a 30 minute animated film into something like a two hour or one hour and a half flick live action mind you well with a lot of props and the jim carrey who's wearing a lot of prosthetics and a lot of fur a lot of makeup with the trying to be very expressive all this heavy stuff all this heavy makeup he's wearing i think they did right with the casting yeah this is before jim carrey actually lost his fucking mind Actually, I'm more curious to know, is like, is this after or before Apollo 13? This was 2000, so after. Yeah, Apollo 13 was 98? Yeah, it was yeah. in the 90s. So Ron Howard topped up with something like Apollo 13 and decided to uh, continue his career with the Grinch movie for some reason? Yeah, this was a time when Jim Carrey was doing Cable Guy and The Truman Show. Yeah, that was his first box office, uh, like so. I mean, that's his first box office failure. But then compared to like movies like The Mask and mm. uh, Ace Ventura, right? I mean, Dumb and yeah, Dumber. Like if you sell ten million tickets the first time, but you only sell five million tickets, it's still a success, but not in comparison. Yeah, not in the heartless uh, race to the top, greasy pole, capitalist nightmare that is Hollywood. Yeah, true that. But also at the same time, this was way after the Truman Show and that was, I think, his first attempt at doing something that was uh, kind of like, you know, detracting from what people usually recognize him for, which is the more slapstick in your face kind of comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting choice to do a Grinch movie, but I think... I mean, at that point in time, like, he was a rubber-faced goof anyway, and he would probably be, you know... I would have thought that he would have worked even better, but also at the same time, I don't know, maybe the prosthetics didn't really quite... I mean, I, I know it's Jim Carrey underneath all of that makeup, but also at the same time, I don't think it's Jim Carrey doing, like, you know, what we want Jim Carrey to do. Yeah. I definitely disagree. I mean, this is what Jim Carrey is born to do, to be the funny man. I mean, after the mask after Ace Ventura, both of them, you know? Like, this is like the true-to-form calling back that he's got to do right now. He's got to come back to something like this. So, this is basically like a PG version of what he's done in like a lot of really risque, crazy stuff, especially from Ace Ventura. Like, you know, just think of all the sight gags, like all the things he does and all, like, except for all this whole heavy makeup and stuff. The film is rated PG, which is normally, you know, pretty good, but, you know, for a kid's movie, parental guidance... Hmm. How many F-bombs was in this one? There are no F-bombs, but the fact that they turned Whoville into some weird capitalist nightmare was an interesting choice. I mean, the original Who's from Whoville were kind of bland in the show, so they had to adapt it. Make it I, mean, spice it up I a liked bit. it when the movie came out because I was 
eight years old at the time, so I didn't know shit about movies. But I've I watched it again later as a teenager, and I still liked it because I feel like it was meant to be a kind of hot take on the way that Christmas has become capitalized. True that, which was also the original intent for Doctor Seuss in yeah. the Grinch book, actually. But we'll get more on that later. Um, but I mean, like, how about you, Mister Toffee? Did you think that this was Jim Carrey? Like, the only reason they put him in the movie was because his star kind of it wasn't fading, but this was the start of his like so-called his downstroke. Yeah, it's definitely a downward spiral. Um, what else has he done? Like, um, after, before the Grinch, and then after the Grinch, he did. Yeah. Bruce Almighty, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Yeah, he did Men on the Moon. He did Yes Man, The Majestic. So I mean, it was basically. I mean, to me, it felt like Jim Carrey's career for like post Grinch would be art house flick, uh, cash the check flick, art house flick, cash the check flick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, he's a really good actor if he's not crazy or insane. I mean. In the Grinch itself, a kid's film that he has a lot of restrictions around, especially with movement. For an animated guy to just go around in a suit, that's pretty impressive, per se. Like, just from the stunts and from the crazy stuff he does. And even though he couldn't actually get that huge smile down pat, you know, with the expressions. I mean, this still was fun to actually look at. I mean, that's this is a master... I mean, I mean without the prosthetic, even, he can actually do a lot of facial expressions. So this yeah. is a testament to his ability. I mean, it, it has to be said that they did do some computer alteration on some of his facial expressions. Oh, okay, I didn't know like that, actually. Like, that very famous or infamous, like, massive grin, which they took from the original. Like, no human mouth can go up that far without cracking a few bones. Dude, we mentioned Willem Dafoe in the last King, the last episode. <laughs> he but, can do that. <laughs> but yeah, that Grinch movie would be released as a uh, 15 or R18 if you had Willem Dafoe in it. I would love to see Lars von Trier's The Grinch starring Willem Dafoe. <laughs> What? So we can have Max going, Chaos Reigns. What? That's an Antichrist <laughs> reference. I know. I'd pay money to see yeah. that, actually. Do we see Max's balls, too? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely a boy. <laughs> Could be Maxine, for all you know. <laughs> jingle balls, jingle oh, balls. please. Jingle balls, is that <laughs> better? <laughs> Alright. Yeah, but, uh, I don't Because what I also like about this movie is not just that, but also how they changed the character of the Grinch, but not in a kind of lazy way that they did with the most recent one, where they just made him to an orphan. Mm. Here, they made him just a guy who was bullied into all hell by all these fat, rich who kids. So it's like, okay, this makes it more believable that you'd hate literally everyone. So he's a homeless guy. Yeah, homeless guy who was uh, picked on at school. I could totally buy him hating everything about Christmas. When did this come out again? 2002? 2000, just 2000, flat 2000. Oh, really? Yeah. Turn of the Millennium, we got a Grinch movie starring Jim Carrey. Why did it not succeed? Did it succeed? It I mean, did. It, did a, it actually made a lot of money. Okay. I, I think it was just the right mix of uh, star power because aside from Jim Carrey, you had Anthony Hopkins doing the narration. Mm -hmm. You had... Uh, the movies are the selling points. Yeah. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Um... Uh, Papa Bluth, what's his name? George Bluth Sr. Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, I think he was a city I official. I think he was the was mayor. mayor. Yeah. Okay. And he was a fantastic arsehole mayor. Like, definitely one of my favorite arsehole mayors. Like, just below the mayor of, um, uh, what's the name of the place in Jaws? Just call it the mayor from Jaws. The mayor from Jaws. <laughs> Is it a Amityville? 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 Not, no. No, Amityville Horror. 
No, it's like Point Pleasant or something. Probably a Mitty Island. Something along those lines. But, yeah, and also, as uh, adaptations of the famous You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, it works. Yeah, I remember that. It's nowhere near as good as the original, but it doesn't need to be. It was good enough. It's definitely not the worst version of the song I've heard, but whereas the animated song was a little bit more uh, subtle in some way and let the animation handle some of the Grinch-stealing Christmas bits, this one went for like, you know, it was basically Jim Carrey in a cave, fixing a lot of crap, you know, and then when it comes to the lyrics like uh, Termites in a Smile, you actually see Jim Carrey's teeth with CGI bugs or whatever, like just coming out, just, just creeps the hell out of people, you know. So the PG yeah. rating is there because you know, there's a lot of... Uh, it's not subtle, but with his budget, it might as well just go really, really big. And some pretty good practical effects as well. They spared no expense. Like because that was a set, and it was a lot of wire action as well, which they masked pretty well. So I would say that... I mean, you have to understand, like, there was a lot of wire action because the Matrix happened. That that too. There's definitely scenes where they parodied the Matrix, if I recall. Maybe they did, right? There were some slow motions. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, there was a slow motion scene where he's running away from a car exploding. Okay. Because, I don't know reason because yeah whoville stuff is very flammable <laughs> what do you guys think about this ron howard version of the who's in whoville i mean with the mask and the whiskers and the cheeks and everything in the jim carrey version yeah yeah definitely i mean i can understand why they didn't make uh, taylor momsen put on that uh, nose because yeah it was a it was a it was a look it was definitely a look. I appreciate the fact that they didn't use much lighting, you know, just keep it a bit mysterious in the Christmas town, but because you see Cat in the Hat, wow, that's <laughs> fucking... Yeah, I know, it's fucking oh, yeah. ugly. Like, I mean, for the live adaptation, you kind of need to actually stretch a few things just to fit the runtime. And given the material it has to work with, especially when it's a 30-minute movie animation film, yeah, it actually worked out just fine. I mean, Sydney Lou is pretty cool and cute. The rivalry between the parents and the rich neighbors, yeah, that also worked out too. I but mean, I mean, do you think it's fair for us to treat this the same as the other two movies? Because this is the only one that's live action, so there are certain limitations that, you know, I mean, apart from the fact that you can't literally have Jim Carrey careen down a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Although I like the way they got around it by basically making a rocket uh, slider and just putting on a green screen. I mean, it, that was actually way more Looney Tunes than the original one, which was done by the Looney Tunes guys. Which is fantastic. But, and, you know, some pretty fantastic Jim Carrey ad-libbing. I mean, do you think that Jim Carrey is what sells the Grinch movie for you guys? Oh, for sure. Yes. Like any other actor, it wouldn't make... It wouldn't do... No, because... I don't think Mike Myers would have pulled it off. I mean, he's a hot guy at the time. And you know, you got Chris Rock, man. Chris Rock has a Grinch. Ooh, that would not have worked in 2000. Yeah, in all seriousness, Jim Carrey's the right man for the job. Because he's the right mix of slapstick and uh, ad-lib humor. Like, he's not just a physical comedy actor, he's also just funny in the way he talks. He's many things, but he's not deadpan. I feel that this version of the Grinch, like, maliciously evil but also energetic, it works. It works. Yeah. I mean, I would say... I mean, this is also, like, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, to me, feels like probably the next generation's version of Eddie Murphy, who kind of... He, like, he kind of peaked at a certain point. Then after that, like he started just wearing masks for some reason. Yeah. And I had that impression when I was gonna go and watch this Grinch movie because to me it felt like, oh no, they got Jim Carrey too. Then the next time you're gonna see Jim Carrey, he's gonna be an oversized woman for some reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah, thank God I didn't take the Adam Sandler route. No, thankfully, yeah, he decided to do an art house fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Man on the Moon, Eternal Sunshine, good stuff. Then again, well, this is before Liar Liar, right? 
No, Liar Liar was... It was definitely 1999. Oh, so this was just after Liar Liar? I think so, yeah, Liar Liar was 99, 98. So Liar Liar, oh, Liar actually did very well, right? That was kind mm. of his uh, bounce back after Truman Show and after Cable Guy, right? Wait, when was me, myself and Irene? Much later, right? 2002, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was what everybody was also kind of hyped up for because I do remember, like, a lot of people were kind of, like, uh, I mean, to me, it feels like the Grinch movie was uh, studio executives were thinking, like, okay, uh, how do we make money? You know what works? Jim Carrey in a green mask. Hmm, we can't do the mask sequel. We got this Grinch franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Now with extra fur. Yeah, he's in a furry green mask now. There you go. Yeah, and I think this movie works because, yeah, one, definitely Jim Carrey helps it. And also, Ron Howard is a very competent director. I would agree. I would agree with that uh, description of Ron Howard. He's a very competent director. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's great. I would just say, depending on the stars aligning, sometimes it's a good movie, sometimes it's a great movie. Most of the times, it's competent. Like, there's no... There's not been an absolute train wreck of a movie directed by Ron Howard. Not that one with uh, the Hemsworth boy, the something about the sea. Your man, oh, uh, in the heart of the sea. Yeah, that was terrible. It was okay, but poorly cast and far too long. I agree. Yeah. But then again, uh, he also did Premium Rush with oh no, not Premium Rush, just Rush with Rush. Uh, yeah, Rush Chris was fantastic. That was an amazing movie. Like, definitely know? best F one movie. The only F1 movie in existence. Yeah, I agree. The yes. other one is that Stallone abortion. No, I would say... I mean, you also re- you have to remember Days of Thunder. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman one. That's not F1, that's NASCAR. Oh, was that NASCAR? It wasn't yeah. F1. Yeah, it's the only one. Oh, wait, guys. Bella, Ricky, Bobby. No, wait. Oh, that's no, that's NASCAR, NASCAR too. NASCAR. God because it has... It. Uh, yes. There was an F1 driver in that film. Yeah, they had an F1 driver in Ricky Bobby. Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen? Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen being like the most preposterous... French stereotype possible. I agree. <laughs> yeah, moving on to the Grinch. Yeah, I feel that um, yeah, Anthony Hopkins' narration was pretty good. I mean, you know, it's not Boris Karloff, but it's another legend in his own right. Yeah, it kind of it's wistful and comforting. It kind of sounded a little bit like being narrated to by your grandfather or Hannibal Lecter. Or Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins has a voice which goes either way. It's either kind of creepy or kind of sweet. Depending on uh, what mood you're in. And the Grinch slithered nimbly and stuffed presents up the chimbley. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Do you hear them, Clarice? The who's down in Whoville? <laughs> oh, I want to see this movie now. Uh, and we need to send Jim Carrey to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Takes an insane present to get. No, Jim Carrey is the. Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. He's tucking his dick in as the Grinch. He's (laughs) dancing to You're Me with Mr. Grinch with his dick tucked in. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Even worse reference. (laughs) I would love to hear Jim Carrey say, It puts the lotion on the skin. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to try it, but nah. Nah, my my impressions are dog shit. Alright then, it puts the lotion on the skin. How about that? No. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Jim Carrey, I have your job now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I honestly think that as an adaptation of the original book and TV special, I would say that this does the best job it could. And yeah, there are definitely parts of it which do not hold up to time and criticism. 
and I accept that, but it's still a movie where I'm sure if I watched it again tomorrow, I would still enjoy it. True that. I mean, I wouldn't say it's an adaptation. I would say it's a nice interpretation yeah, of okay. something because basically, I'm pretty sure Ron Howard had some ideas because I, did, I would also like to say, you know, I didn't know that Richie Cunningham from Happy Days had it in him to make a Grinch movie. Yeah. And yet he did. I mean, like, and I'm a fan of, I mean, he's done comedies before. Like, one of my favorite Ron Howard movies is definitely Splash, with, uh, which gave us Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's why Daryl I mean, Hannah is a mermaid, right? Yes, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Oh, man. Still looks good at her age. Mm. And I would say, um, I don't know. Do you think you want to see Ron Howard return to comedies again? Yeah, sure. Why not? But then again, you can kind of... I think with his current track record, he better go back to something a little different. Like maybe something kid-friendly. I mean, it might be a while because his last two films were flops. True, yeah. But you know what? Solo could be considered a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was gonna be a Star Wars comedy until the Lord Miller combo got kicked out. Yeah, well, you see how that turned out. Yeah, we ended up with Spider-Verse. So, yay, well, good for us. Anyway, back to the Grinch. I mean, I won't say this movie is completely timeless, but at the same time, it's definitely a product of its own time. But really, this is the first time you're doing a live-action Grinch film, and no one has done this, so props to Ron Howard for actually sticking to his guns, getting the right kind of actors, I mean, getting the right kind of production values, the like the downhill like the downhill sleigh scene at the end, I don't think you could have done that with practical effects. So the replacement is actually pretty cool. And this being a product of its time, there were quite a few pop culture references here and there. Or maybe I'm remembering it wrongly. I would say there weren't that many 2000s references, at least not that I can remember. It's more goofy than dated. I get yeah, you right, I mean, you're right. I compared to the latest one, which is like, it is definitely a film made in 2017. 2018. 2018. Yeah. It's like, this will be dated by next year. But I think at the same time, all three movies are a product of their times. Mm. Although, you could argue that there's a timeless element to the 1967 TV special. Well, I would say that because like Dr. Seuss had a hand in, and he was very involved in the production yeah. of that one, and he probably steered Chuck Jones. I mean, they did fight a lot during the production of the the Grinch story because if I recall like uh, he wasn't too happy with the fact that the Grinch didn't look exactly like his drawings yeah if it, it looked very Looney Tunes but it also looks, at the same time it looks time, a bit more like Chuck Jones yeah I mean it, he looks like a character that would fit perfectly in like a Bugs Bunny or a Daffy Duck cartoon but also at the same time I would say at least I mean amongst the three movies the original uh, the TV special right that mm. at least made an effort to not only involve Mr. Uh, Mr. Seuss, I'm sorry, Dr. Seuss, but also to kind of um, capture the essence of the Grinch. I mean, like, you guys will definitely agree with me. Like, Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch is his version of the Grinch. Oh, for sure. Undoubtedly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, like, uh, I mean, it's unfair for us to kind of blame Jim Carrey for not putting his own take on it because he is a living, breathing actor in that. Compared to somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch, who, you just need to do the voice. And guess what? You don't even need to rhyme. So just yeah. focus on that weird American accent you're working on right now. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least it's better than the one he did with Doctor Strange. I think it's the same accent. Uh, maybe. Is this an improvement to you? Kind of, well, because the last one was the most stereotypical Brooklyn accent, which kind of turned into a Boston partway through. I would think he was trying to do a Doctor House where you just kind of speak with that weird cadence where you just flip the way you pronounce A's. Yeah, and add an extra like, bit of gravel to mask the parts which you haven't quite got down pat. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so Jim Carrey's Grinch pass or fail for you guys? Oh, definite pass. This is one of my favourite 
Christmas movies uh, outside of Muppet Christmas Carol, and I would say Love Actually. Love I, Actually? That is definitely a Christmas movie. Is it, that the one where Bill Nye sings? Christmas is around me, and so the feeling yeah, grows. Yeah, where he sings naked on national television. And Hugh Grant fondles his secretary on a kid's uh, production of the Nativity. Oh, and Liam Neeson is the single dad in this one. Yes, I think it was around the time that uh, Anna Richardson died as well. So, oh my god, yes, ooh, yes. Talk about timing. I gotta say, I love all the stories. Um, pretty fun. Is it weird to you guys that I have never seen Love Actually? Uh, you don't need to. It's fun, I guess. Uh, it's, on it's only required viewing if you're British. Because there's a kind of like who's who of people who'll go on to be famous in uh, American shows later on. Was Hugh Laurie in it? Uh, no, but uh, Andrew Lincoln was. I mean, wait, Ron Atkinson played the priest or something also, right? No, he played a store attendant. He was the guy selling the jewelry. Yeah. Oh, but he was in it too, right? Yeah. Like he was delaying Hans Gruber from buying a locket for his mistress. Wait, Alan Brickman was in it too? Yep. Hmm. Okay. Hugh Grant was in it. Uh, Martin Freeman was in it. He was a sophomore oh, yeah. actor. <laughs> I love that subplot. Like he's uh, they, he's on set doing this uh, softcore porno with this woman, and he ends up asking her out for a drink afterwards. So the joke is just that they've seen each other naked, and he's fondled her tits, but he's still kind of like working up the courage to ask her out for a date afterwards. Well, you do separate the love life from the professional life. Absolutely. Speaking of porn stars fondling tits, you want to go straight into... <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. What a transition. Okay, from uh, titi tatas to hoo-hoos. <laughs> How about that, boys? A for effort. That feels so wrong, but uh, I mean... Felt I'm... so right. And with that, <laughs> no, we're diving I... into the 1967 animated classic, How the Green Stole Christmas. The classic. That classic, which is just so sweet. It's a lovely 30 minutes. Just... It's just, you know, nice or wonderful 26 minutes of fantastic animation, uh, ama three amazing songs, and just, you know, Boris Karloff. What more could you want? Yeah, I, I was sold at Boris Karloff. And the thing is, like, when I watched this, I had no idea who Boris Karloff was. And then later would I realize that I would become a fan of Bo uh, Boris Karloff, and then he also narrated The Grinch, this guy can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's really cool is that Boris Karloff can actually pull off two different roles. Narrator, you know, just, you know, telling the story just right, you know, to tuck the kids in bed at night, you know. And he also got, like, the menacing, you know, the very distinct Grinch voice. Like, just very, very, you remember it. Yeah, I mean, his, the Grinch voice wasn't necessarily, you know, deep and menacing. It was had that kind of... More like sinister. Sinister. Also had a, almost like... Gilbert Gottfried-esque kind of like crackle to it. Except without the annoying squawking as, and the high uh, pitch. Not as exaggerated you know? as that, but... Then like how? Like the kind of harsher tones, like, ooh, you're not a pleasant person to talk to in any, like, time. It's just the right kind of sinister. But, yeah. Any, anything else we want to say, or are you just going to stare at me? About Boris Karloff? Or about the Grinch. I don't know, I'm not your boss. I mean... <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, it's Christmas time. Can I go home to my family for supper? No, we must finish this podcast. <laughs> Wait, which one am I? Am I Tiny Tim in this scenario? No, you're both Cratchit. I'm Cratchit? Then who's that? Oh, he... He's Tough, Tiny Tim. Toffee's Tiny Tim. <laughs> Ironically named. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Yeah. That just means he's going to die of rickets at the age of 12. <laughs> I've lived past 12, so I'll probably die next year. 
Oh, you know what I want to see? I want to see the last one, Trier's version of Scrooge. <laughs> oh, that'd be so depressing. No, no. Maybe it might be lighthearted. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. But okay, you know what? Uh, I think this is basically what we all have been working up to. And we're going to talk about a movie that came out half a century ago, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it came out in 1967, boys. <laughs> yeah. Know, none of us were alive at the time. <laughs> Finally, something older than me on this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is almost double my age. Yeah, like watching this again and gotta realize um, Chuck Jones' animation still holds up to the test of time. Like, it's really, really animated, really nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing about Chuck Jones' style of animation is that it is extremely timeless because there is something about the way he brings life to his characters. Yeah. Because you have to understand, like, I mean, there was a time when... Uh, I mean, you could see once Chuck Jones left Looney Tunes, like, there's something that's very, I would say, I wouldn't say insincere, but there's a certain, like, there's an X-produced quality to it. Something like that, yeah. Like, there's that X factor, because the thing is, nobody does paint animations better than the Looney Tunes team. Oh, yeah. You know? It's so... So. Wait, um, when did Chuck Jones retire again? Probably, yeah, probably much later than that, or well, maybe early... Yeah, when he left, there was a time between the 70s, 80s where animation just felt different and more static and less organic. Like your time on Tom and Jerry's in the 60s are more lively than the 80s. Things got a bit choppy. Things, yeah. I mean, kind of corners were cut. And then, like, I would also say that um, everybody talks about basically. I mean, the most iconic scene from the the Grinch, the original Grinch TV special, was basically the smile. Oh yeah. And it takes that's one for the animation history. And books. it takes a certain animator to really nail something that can be both menacing charming and quite hilarious yeah. I mean, yeah I mean there's a playful malevolence and it's very hard to describe the Grinch other than it's a playful malevolence yeah it's like Wiley e. Coyote's competent older brother <laughs> yes I see that <laughs> definitely <laughs> but also at the same time um, I would um, I mean I think it's the pairing of Chuck Jones and uh, Dr. Seuss because I mm. would say, I mean, and I don't think many people know this, those guys were friends for a very long time. They served in the military together. Yeah. I didn't know that until I saw the special documentary inside the How the Green Stole Christmas DVD. Which is worth watching just as much as the Seek TV it out special. if you can, yeah, because... And having the late but great Phil Hartman as the host, that is genius. Yeah. Doing nothing but the Troy McClure voice from start to finish. <laughs> His stick of the Simpsons works so well here. Hi, I'm Tri McClure, narrator of the how <laughs> the documentary. You may have seen me in such shows as this and this. Yeah, and also at the same time, uh, yeah, lovely documentary. I mean, it's nice to see the process of this. Mm. I, for me, because I'm I don't have a background in animation at all, so to see how they would do the layering of the various uh, cells mm. was really fascinating for me. Uh, the part where they showed that. They would just have a still of his teeth behind while they animated the lips to just, you know, add the fact that he had teeth behind. Mm. Was, yeah, you know, I was like, oh wow, this is pretty damn cool, yeah. and, and so time-consuming. Yeah, but he did get the entire Looney Tunes. I don't think it's the entire Looney Tunes team, but he did kind of pull some strings to get like some of his uh, buddies from the Looney Tunes team to like put together the Grinch. And I would say also, like, you could put it right next to a Roadrunner or a Bugs Bunny cartoon and it would definitely fit. But oh, also yeah. at the same time, it did not lose, I mean, compared to the other two films, this is the one that did not lose that very, um, 
how you say the essence of it, which I would you would definitely use to describe like the Doctor Seuss style. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, it didn't have the hard pencil shading as like uh, Doctor Seuss's actual, um, I mean, illustration style. It did cause some tension between the two friends. True that, but, but I think as a stylistic choice, it makes sense because you know the benefit of the of Chuck Jones's style over Doctor Seuss is that you have a far more animated face. I would say. Because whilst Dr. Seuss's style is very, you know, recognizable, it's kind of limited facial expressions that you could get from them. I would say more so that uh, Dr. Seuss, he knows how to compose images within, like, uh, the medium of... His medium is basically just a single page. Yeah. Whereas somebody like Chuck Jones, right? I mean, you have to understand that when you animate something, you can't... Be too extravagant. And you can't over-detail because then things just look messy you need to be able to be able to focus on exactly what the character is doing and the character's movement and momentum uh, so at the same time that's definitely something really magical about hand-drawn animation I mean mm. look at the smile that iconic scene that's seared in your brain when the Grinch smile like from teeth to teeth from the side of his yeah. cheeks up the way even higher than his eyes that's just like that's definitely very memorable because of the way you just animation exaggerates so even the simplest things but not overcomplicate things. I think I would also say that the original one was a true collaboration because it was literally Dr. Seuss himself who worked on the screenplay and adding like, you know, additional scenes to make sure that this fills within the, that that runtime of half an hour. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, like what the point we made much earlier before is like all the other movies made padding. Mm. But only one had that Dr. Seuss stamp of approval because he was his hands that was definitely working on it. And I think that's the difference you can see because uh, when you watch the original 1967 short, it's like, it's all Seuss. It's all him. You know, even though it's also more of a collaboration between him and the Mighty Chuck Jones at the same time. Whereas the other ones is basically, okay, we give you a franchise. We give you a very specific art style. What do you do with it? Oh, we can't really, you know, redo that. I mean, that's what I'm really pissed off about the 2018 a uh, Grinch movie with Benedict Cumberbatch is like it totally lost its Seuss aesthetic yeah they you know? they went for the illumination style of drawing because they didn't make an effort to blend in the old and new mm-hmm. they just kept it the way it is for pandering's sake and I'm not even demanding that they do that because at the same time like for me I always feel this like if you want to interpret anything right you either pay tribute or you do a like a note for note perfectly executed cover mm-hmm. you know I mean also, at the same time, I'm not saying that you know there's no room for artistic or like you know liberty or like your for you to have some sort of uh, creative license. But also at the same time, like you know, we kind of have to pay. Why don't you like you know give the kids? Hey, there's this really awesome guy called Dr. Seuss. His books are not hard to read. You can yeah. definitely clear through them very like quickly. Like they're literally kids' books. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're literally children's books. There you go. So at the same time, it's like you know. Yeah, pay homage to a guy who probably, you know, paved the way for all of this. Or was his family or his estate was nice enough to give the license. Yeah, I wonder how involved the estate were in the making of the 2000 movie. I mean, do you think they're not making any more money from Sue's books? They must do, because it's still one of the more popular purchases for kids. Wait, even better than Cat in the Hat and Horton Hears a Who? No, I mean, uh, Sue's I books mean, in I general. I mean, Sue's books in general, like any... Like, my the only Seuss book I remember owning was uh, Sneetches on the Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, serious. 
Yeah, which is probably the inspiration for uh, that very famous uh, hip-hop song, Bitches Get Stitches. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see people try and make a movie of that because it's literally just like two groups of people, the only difference being stars on their chests. And if they go for a machine which puts stars or take, removes stars from their chests. No, I remember that. Yeah, it's all about, you know, we're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Very progressive thoughts from way back in the 50s. <laughs> Oh, hey, Dr. Seuss, uh, definitely... Uh, ahead of his time. Yeah. Definitely ahead of his time. But, I mean, okay, I mean, let's not gush too much about the Grinch, uh, the classic one, or do you want to gush a little bit more? I mean, Mr. Yeah, Coffee, on, what man. was that one thing that, you know, stuck with you forever? It was definitely the songs, I mean, the adaptated songs that were written by Dr. Seuss. Uh, of course. Which I... one? Yeah, of course, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Come on, that's a very memorable bunch of words, you know, strung together, like a very, like... The Tony Tiger was actually singing this. I mean, I did not know this until the documentary. Like, holy crap. I mean, it's just a nice little deep voice that just mm. sings the nastiness, how bad the Grinch is, you know, before I actually had a change of heart. But, you know, that scene when he was actually just stealing all the stuff, definitely more subtle than the 2000 film. But at the same time, I understand why they did adapted it that, that way in another movie. But here right now, like when you have animation working coinciding with a really good song being sung, yeah, it just works really well. It just goes well like Green Eggs and Ham. And also the fact that he chose, well, the composer chose a polka song for the first uh, bit of music. Oh yeah, yeah, that was at the start of the film. Yeah, when the opening presents. Is basically the Grinch movie and Weird Al Yankovic that is <laughs> flying the flag for polka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hey, you know, someone's got to do it, I guess. Well, good thing we still have weird Elianovic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, like, my only two impressions of poker are weird Elianovic and uh, them shitting on it in Good Morning Vietnam. Did they? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, because that now. of that guy who does thinks he's funny, but he isn't. He keeps trying to play poker music. There was that really sad uh, Jack Black movie, The King of Poker, that was out on Netflix for a while. Did oh, you guys yeah, see that? that, that that Polish king of poker who was done for money laundering or something. Mm, man. I saw ad trailers for it and then I heard nothing else, which is often a sign of, yeah, it's not so good. Well, I have a treatment waiting in the wings when anybody's ready to read it. It's called uh, Sex, Drugs and Polka. <laughs> <laughs> it's about this uh, punk polka band and, you know, their rise to fame and their eventual downfall. Oh, punk polka would sound absolutely awful. Imagine Green Day with a lot of accordion. <laughs> That's basically it. Now, I'm imagining Sex Pistols with accordion. I am an accordion. Yeah, okay, that might work. So, I mean... <laughs> oh man, Pretty Vacant in Polka would be amazing. <laughs> I'm just thinking God Save the Queen, the fashion regime. <laughs> yeah, but somehow make it happy, you know? Yeah. Well, she's not going to keep the Queen for long, is she? What do you mean? How old is she again? 94. No, ageless. Ageless? Yeah, she is the new Dark Lord <laughs> who's come to rule over us eternally. You want to call it, does she outlive Prince Charles? Oh, for fucking certain. <laughs> like, she's going to do it purely out of spite. Yes, just to make sure that she, he, he remembers forever that you never had a chance to be king. <laughs> yeah, like, you screwed the pooch so badly in the 90s, you will forever be just that weirdo. Even though you're the crown prince. I mean, how did he screw the pooch to you? Uh, well, he didn't screw the pooch to me, but he screwed the pooch to the nation by cheating on Diana and then divorcing her. Wait, one of the most homeliest women ever. <laughs> uh, you went for Princess Diana. 
<laughs> to Camilla Parker Bowles. Like, it's still an ageless joke on uh, British radio when they make a winning noise saying, Oh God, Camilla's bolted again. <laughs> Goes off forever. Or on uh, Mock the Week when Hugh Dennis does just a gravelly, awful voice for Camilla. He does? <laughs> wow, what a beautiful set of flowers you have. Oh, well, that's a very British reference for all our British listeners. Yes, thank you podcast. all nine of you. Like, thank you for... <laughs> yeah, going. Also, at the same time, uh, Merry Christmas, Oliver family, who is listening right now. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I hope you're proud of me. And assorted cousins. Okay. Mm. Wait, weren't we talking about the Grinch for a second? <laughs> yeah, I think so. What a tangent. Hey, it wouldn't be uh, a true... Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a true Last King podcast without 15 fucking tangents going here, there, and everywhere. And speaking of ageless, uh, the Grinch, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, one thing I do want to kind of uh, champion here on the Last King podcast is if you've never seen the classic, uh, I mean, the original animation, I mean... Do it. It's not that hard to find. find on I'm YouTube. pretty sure you can find the it's, whole thing on it's YouTube. It's not on YouTube. I tried. Huh, really? Uh, no, 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 no. I, it is absolutely not easy to find online illegally somewhere. Yeah, you're totally right. It's that definitely not one of the first five search results on Google. Mm. Totally, totally. I mean, I mean, you would have more luck looking for like Jim Carrey Grinch clips, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, but there's the thing, like things like this, right? I mean, it's sad to say, but yeah, I'm sure the Seuss estate is still holding on to all these characters and all ready I to mean, be butchered by Illumination Studios. Yeah, I mean, like seeing, like that's what I'm afraid of because the Lorax was terrible. This yeah. was like the the 2018 Grinch was unnecessary. Uh, What's I mean, next? Green eggs and ham? I mean, they have to do... Probably the cat that had the Grinch crossovers. I mean, it depends, like, because I would see Green eggs and ham would be a great animation if you had the right kind of, uh, how you say, visionary director. Like, So not Illumination? No, definitely not Illumination. Because the thing is, they have to make it commercial. They have to make it lowest common denominator. It's, it's basically for kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, you can take liberties with a story that's barely, like, you know, a chapter in a written actual... Like, compared to other books, right? But also at the same time, I would imagine, like, if you give it to somebody like Spike Jones. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Or if you give it to somebody like, I mean, even Tim Burton. I would love to see Tim Burton's take on a Sue story because Tim Burton's uh, style is obviously influenced oh, by yeah, Dr. Seuss. Sure. Yeah, and he's alongside Danny Elfman. I mean, they they interviewed him for the documentary for um, the 67 TV I mean, special. it totally makes sense. The aesthetics of Nightmare for Christmas oh, all yeah. from Seuss. Yeah, this is what I tell to all the goth girls. No, no, Tim Burton is just basically an eyeliner version of Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Get over it. He's not that original. <laughs> but also at the same time, I mean, he is kind of original. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It's very hard to hate in Tim Burton. I love him and hate him at the same time. What's that word? Uh, ambivalent. No, ambivalent means you don't care at all. I care, but also I'm very disappointed. It's a love-hate relationship. It's definitely a love-hate love, relationship. Yeah. I love early Tim Burton. I'm very disappointed with late Tim Burton. Yeah, fuck the Alice in Wonderland films to hell. Yeah, but he also did, did Big Fish. He also did Edward. Like, late Tim Burton is hit and miss. And I'm very worried about Edward Dumbo. Edward was 95. Wait, I thought Edward yeah. Scissorhands was earlier. No, no, not Edward Scissorhands. Edward. Oh, Edward. All right, well, right. actually, Sweeney Todd wasn't bad. I enjoyed Sweeney Todd a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't like Alice in Wonderland. I didn't like his version of Planet of the Apes. But I loved his Batman. I mean, like that's a guy. Frank and Weenie was fun as well. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love Frank and Weenie. Wait, are you talking about the short or the the full fla- the, the full feature? The full movie. No, the full movie was good also. Yeah. I mean, out of all his animations, I think the corpse part is the weakest one. That's but still good. That's still, still very still good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Ah, Tim Burton. You, it's only you who can save Johnny Depp now, Tim Burton. Call your friend. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to be saved. Like F- from all his billions of pirates' money. Make up a new franchise like, or goth thing or something. He is two bad movies away from being found dead in his apartment in a pool of vomit. Or wine, most likely wine. Both. With drugs. No, it's wine. Like he's addicted to wine. You know what I think? I think no, he he'll be fine because he's got that Keith uh, Richards kind of uh, immortality <laughs> juice. Yeah. Like he'll just grow old and then he's, like, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, but then again, uh, oh man. Um, okay, so the Grinch. <laughs> well done, bring us back on track. We we need to rein this in like the reindeer yeah. <laughs> on Santa's sleigh. Okay, so boys, um, any final thoughts on the classic uh, Grinch TV special? You just need to see it because. Uh, there's really nothing to complain about with the it's just the right length it's beautiful fantastically uh composed performed the foley work in, in it of itself is fantastic like the brilliant use of an apple to make the snow sounds mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> at least that's what phil hartman told me he's taken away from us too soon but it's phil hartman he he doesn't play he, he's not really a foley artist but he plays one on yeah. documentaries <laughs> uh, Phil Harmon, he has the best insincere smile I've ever seen. Motherfucking legend, I miss him so much. Uh, how about you, Mr. Toffee? What is your like? What is the one thing you want to tell people about the classic Grinch? Program? I'm just gonna take a page from Tom's book. Yeah, watch it if you can. This is very timeless stuff. I mean, all the yeah. animation, all the new stuff, like from 2000s, 90s, and all that. You look back at this 1967 classic. It's like, wow, this is still. This still lasts so long. This is still very timeless because of the way it looks, the way it moves, the pain and effort done to actually to get these frames done, just to get the smile and get the sled scene down and everything. It's just so magical and colorful. Yep. And of course, the songs are also cool too. Yeah. To borrow uh, an analogy I heard online, tighter than a warlock corset. <laughs> Obviously, you've never been to Singapore. Another uh, Johnny Depp reference. There we go. And a corset reference. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, before we wrap things up, there's one thing I want to do. Uh, you know how we loved talking about the potential sequel for Fast and Furious? Also long ago. Are we going to do another game of And Then or are we going to do Picture Thing? We're going to do And Then because <laughs> there is going to be a sequel to The Illumination Grinch. Because oh, it made no. money. It made lots of money. Uh, that's a shame because I got a pretty cool script idea. Okay, pitch me. Pitch me. Well, if you're cool, yeah, let's pitch go. Pitch me real good. Alright, so, I was thinking, six directors, uh-huh. one and a half hours, the same Grinch story, all told by all these six different directors with each style and everything. All animated, of course. That would be a fantastic oh. idea. Oh my yeah. god, Mr. Toffee with a great idea. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, give me some fucking credit. <laughs> Gee, some folks get no respect. Wait, is one of them going to be a very weeaboo anime-centric one with fan service? Hey, maybe have Shinichiro Watanabe do one and maybe last one three, <laughs> That was my idea! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We gotta take that from what okay, you mentioned fine. earlier on. Okay. Wait, are we going to do the game name? Who who would you want to direct a Grinch? I guess an easy pick would be Tim Burton, because he always has his stuff How about style. Ryan Coogler? So if Ryan we get Coog- Michael B. Jordan in. As the Grinch? Or just as a random who? No, Michael B. Jordan is such a great actor, he should play Max. Oh, I would love to see that. Like, he's just him going, woof. He's just jacked and he's a, he's a dog for some reason. <laughs> a triangle dog. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so th- th- those three. Okay, Russo Brothers, maybe? 
Moose or Brothers? I don't know, it's off the top of my head, because I'm thinking of crossovers and shit. No, Corn Brothers. Hey, that'll Ooh, work. Corn Brothers work. Grinch would be amazing. Yeah. And the songs would be Bluegrass. <laughs> or maybe they'll just be really strict with the polka. Yeah. Just an old polka Grinch. You know what I imagine a Coen Brothers Grinch movie to be like? It'll be definitely Jeff Bridges is the Grinch. Oh, yes. <laughs> John Goodman is the mayor of Whoville. Okay, and then of course, Francis McDormand has to play Cindy Lou's mom. Yeah. Okay, not I'm Cindy like, Lou. <laughs> Cindy <laughs> Lou's mom. Okay, we're going to be age appropriate here, boys. Like, hey, Santa. Yeah, and uh, Peter Did you Dinklage. you fuck any kids lately? What? That's a three billboard reference. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, a and Francis McDormand thing, alright. I will say Peter Dinklage as Max. <laughs> that feels offensive somehow. Why? He's the perfect size to be a dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why. Alright, yeah, so it's Tim Burton. It's uh, definitely Coen Brothers. Uh, you also want to do Russo Brothers? Eh, Russo Brothers? Nah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. How about uh, Wes Anderson? Yeah, he could do animation. No, Wes Anderson will just be symmetrical and just true to the books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then people look at it like, nah, you're, you're just kind of like, you know, you're not doing enough to make it. I mean, yeah, but then but, again, it might be good. Because look how fantastic Other Dogs is. Yeah, that's true. It shows that he knows how to do animation. You think he'll do it stop motion or you think he'll do it? I would like that to his, see... His stop motion style, I'd right? actually like to see a stop motion Grinch. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. And okay, how about I throw one in? Yeah. Can it be directors living and dead or must it be living? I guess living because we want to get this movie made. Okay, fine. Because I wanted to do Stanley Kubrick's The Grinch. <laughs> I knew you were going to do... Was that a Kubrick or Hitchcock you were going to suggest? How about Spielberg emulating Kubrick doing the movie? Nah, but the thing is, Steven Spielberg... Uh, the thing is, I can imagine that Grinch movie. And if you asked him to, he would. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It, it doesn't seem special or far-fetched enough. Okay, how about this? Um, I want to see uh, Alfonso Coron's The Grinch. Ooh. <laughs> A 15-minute single-take shot going down the mountain. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe... You'll probably do a single-take from Whoville all the way to where the Grinch is. Everything a single-take. Yeah, sure. Because why not? You know, and it'll be Leonardo DiCaprio as Max. I was going to (laughs) say Spike Lee. Spike Lee? A socially conscious Grinch movie? Yeah. There's someone making about Black Power. The Grinch fighting the injustices of commercialism at Christmas. Okay. So we're pitching our directors. What would be the update? Of, well, what would be the thing that you would update? I would have it be like a real communist movie. Like Animal Farm? Yeah. Can't, no, not, not like Animal Farm, but like it going well. Them just tearing down the capitalist thing and ends with them storming <laughs> Humart or whatever. Okay. And just burning it to the ground. Oh, so we're gonna do a direct sequel to the 2018 movie. We're yeah. not gonna do like our own reboot. Okay, okay, okay. Then, okay, there'll be more. Well, no, that's that's my take. You could do your original take if you want. Well, I have an idea right now. Go ahead. So I want to do okay. So Ryan Coogler's version of the Grinch. Uh huh. So the Grinch will be played by Kendrick Lamar, and everybody <laughs> in Whoville will be every SoundCloud rapper with a little in the front. Oh. <laughs> So there'll be literal millions of who's. All of them, yeah. So it'll be Little Pump, uh, Little Uzi Vert. Isn't Little Pump dead? No, there's somebody else. There's another Lil who died from an overdose. Yes, Little Pump's still around. Little Pump just released a like collab with Kanye West. Remember? Oh yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, Little well, Yachty. They were, when there were yeah. bottles on uh, SNL. When no, when they were giant cube guys. Oh yeah. You know, you're such a fucking hoe. I'm sorry, SoundCloud. Please don't take us off. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song's available also on this website. Uh, I would like that and play Max would be Jonah Hill. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh wait, ha- fuck! It's me. I didn't. I forgot to say. Quentin Tarantino's the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just, just see him say the N-word over and over again. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Motherfucker. <laughs> And he blows people away. Oh, Samuel Jackson as a Grinch. Samuel Jackson as the Grinch. I'm sick and tired of this motherfucking Christmas and this motherfucking Whoville. Uh, who? Where's the who? <laughs> Say who one more time, I tell you, motherfucker. Say who one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh. Okay. I mean, how about you, Mr. Toffee? What would be your like elevator pitch for a Grinch reboot? Yeah, that's tough because uh, six directing is all I had. No, it's not tough. We're having so much fun already. Come on. Hmm. I mean, like, say you wanted to do the Russo brothers to do this, right? How would they do it? Well, I guess the Grinch could just be Thanos. Just wants to actually get Christmas out of the way. Have the balancing going on. You know. There's a click and half the Who's vanished from existence. Can the Helen Horton Who guest stars kick so his the ass. Grinch is Thanos. Yeah. Infinity War reference. Ding, 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 ding. Actually, I wouldn't do that. I would do Russo brothers. They bring back the cast of Community. So oh. it'll be Chevy Chase as the Grinch, it'll be Joe McHale as the Mayor of Whoville, and Childish Gambino as Max. Ah. <laughs> you really want to have black people as dogs? No, Kendrick Lamar was the Grinch in my other Oh idea. yeah, good point. Jonah Hill was a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could use Josh Gad. Really good Josh Gad. True that. Yeah, they can definitely alternate for each other. Yeah, it'll only be the second time he's been an annoying animated character. What was it? Oh wait, yeah. He was a snowman in Last King Fans. I'm sorry, I still haven't seen Frozen. <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, just watch Let It Go on YouTube and you've pretty much got That's it. That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I see. There's actually nothing else to that movie. Okay, so uh, is this how we wrap up? Uh, Yeah. Pretty standard Last King ending. Kind of run out of steam and it's like, okay, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> so, I kind of want to see that six Grinch shorts by six different directors idea going on. It would be really cool to see different styles. Dude, write your treatment, man. Pitch it to Hollywood, see yeah. what happens. Oh, speaking of, there was this project which got released on YouTube where they got something like 60 people to remake Shrek, but they're all in different styles. Yeah, I think it's called Shrek Retold. Yeah, I saw trailers. Yeah, pretty cool. But they've like, been doing this forever. I mean, like, there's a Star Wars version as well that happened in the early, like, late 90s, actually. Kind of a strange choice. Is that like a Shrek resurgence? Because Shrek is the big meme right now. Shrek is Bay. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Is that what's going on? Is that what the kids are doing? Shrek is a thing? Have you seen Shrek is love, Shrek is life? Nah. It's... I don't have a Tumblr account anymore, Tom. uh, It's on YouTube. It's probably one of the most questionable two minutes of your life you'll ever waste. You know, I I don't mind being an out-of-touch old guy now. It's fine. Okay, yes. Hey, if you no longer know which memes are hot, then you're definitely an old person. Definitely. Um, yeah. And on that eccentric note, let's just wrap up the show, guys. <laughs> so, uh, to all our Last King fans, uh, have a happy, jolly, merry holidays <laughs> or Christmas if yeah. you, you want to dick about it. Like, if you're or one Kwanzaa. Of those, if you're one of those Fox and Friends people. Yeah, but Otherwise, yeah. you know, enjoy your break. Hope you're not working on Christmas like some of us are. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Definitely. So, here's to a happy 2019. Uh, from all your friends at The Last King, this has been. Uh, the mean one, Shafik. This has been the mayor of Whoville, eccentric Tom. And this has been jolly old Saint Toffee. Two sizes too small. <laughs> we just had to ruin <laughs> the content.